Chapter 36 So it's true, Mama. You know exactly what it felt like. You were brave and you didn't want me to feel alone about Swift. I wonder if people trusted you with their other problems. Maybe you knew about Tyke's parents and their worries about him becoming an animan. What a burden silence is. I hope you'll always be proud of me and know that I won't let your death be in vain. I will help create a world where there are no more walls, a world of vulnerability and trust. I don't know if you helped me see in the past or if it was all Giselle's doing, but thank you. Ilse awoke a week from that day, and she mustered the earned strength to be able to walk around without a limp. At that point, Giselle asked the two younger girls to go up deeper into the mountains to collect some items for her, and it would be faster and easier with Crescent's help. Gilly was absolutely delighted when she heard of Giselle's plan, and Ilse winced at the sudden nightmare of breaking her leg again. She watched Crescent as he practiced flying again, swirling around the cabin. Ilse hesitantly rode her once more to test Crescent's wing strength, but coming back to the ground was much smoother this time. Giselle gave Gilly some food and her own weapons, a small bow and arrows, and a small dagger. Ilse shuddered at the thought of a young, sweet girl using a weapon like that, but she was only five or so years older than her. Plus, she was related to Reshma. Ilse summoned Crescent back to the ground, and Giselle gathered the three for her last words. Now, Ilse, here's a list of the things you must find. The rest I will find here in the forest. Now, you'll be in the mountains, and as such there will be wildlife out and about. Just be aware of where you step. The only creatures you may have to worry about are your elderums. Stay on the trails is all I ask. Don't worry, Mistress Giselle, Gilly chirped happily. Ilse and I will be fine. Giselle gave a small nod and a cheery smile to Ilse. The two Ravenans both quickly mounted Crescent, and Ilse dove under the collar of her shirt for the whistle hanging about her neck. Ilse sounded the small whistle and could hear nothing but the sound of Crescent's wings beating furiously. Giselle waved goodbye, and her figure became smaller and smaller the higher they went. Ilse once again saw the land laid out below her. The sun was shining brightly, a better contrast than her last flight. She immediately saw the charcoal mountains looming before them with their peaks hidden by perpetual swirls of clouds. See those trees with the leaves already turning? Gilly said. We can go there to land. There should be a clearing close by. Ilse grinned, finally enjoying the feeling of flying. She sounded the whistle once more, and Crescent made high speed towards the red and orange slope on the mountains ahead. Crescent landed at the place Gilly suggested. The mountainside was full with trees bearing red and orange leaves. It was a sight that Ilse hadn't seen for a long time, and it made her smile. Ilse dismounted and helped Gilly slide to the ground. She looked around. The trees soared high into the skies, and small woodland creatures were scurrying and darting from one tree to the next. We need to find the stone path, Gilly said, as she motioned for Ilse to follow. Ilse smiled. For a small kid, she knew the mountains well. Ilse motioned to Crescent to follow. The dragon did so, but instinctively hid his luminous white body in the trees a few paces behind them. Ilse looked at the piece of parchment she was given. She furrowed her brows. A handful of forget-me-nots, two cups of fire seeds, and a pinch of four-leaf clovers? This sounds like a recipe, Ilse said. And it's not like these are amazingly rare items. Not rare at all, but they grow best here, Gilly shrugged. As a fire weaver, I just listen to Giselle. Ilse nodded in agreement and followed the young girl. 
They came to a more barren stretch of land. Ilse looked around in awe. A few trees stuck out, but the ground was covered in hundreds of bizarre slabs of stone. They stuck out like tombstones, but in all sorts of sizes and colors. They also protruded in odd directions, like they were just dropped from the sky. Most of them came to Ilse's middle. It was like a sea of large rocks, stretching onto small hills. The path wound wildly around the stones like a snake. This is my favorite spot to find herbs, Gilly added. Where are the herbs? Ilse muttered quietly. Gilly didn't respond. Instead, she walked along the small winding path around the rocks. Ilse followed suit, and Crescent began gliding from one rock to another. Ilse silently followed Gilly as she wove around the rocks. Ilse attempted to look around to see if she could identify them herself. I found it, Gilly called. There's so many! My lucky day! She raised her tiny fist, which clenched a handful of four-leaf clovers. You found those already? Ilse asked. Yeah, they're not so hard to find once you know the right place to look, Gilly stated simply. So where is the other stuff? Ilse asked. I know where the forget-me-nots sprout, so you can be the one to find the fire seeds, Gilly said. And where exactly would those be? Ilse asked, who still had no clue what fire seeds were or what they looked like. Gilly smiled and crouched down again to search. Just keep going along the path. You'll find them on a big tree. You can't miss it, she said, her voice muffled a bit. Gilly disappeared again behind the rocks. Ilse shrugged her shoulders. She beckoned for Crescent to follow suit. He flew curiously behind her. Ilse turned and pointed to the ground as she addressed the beast. Stay with this young girl. Ilse smiled in mild surprise as the dragon actually obeyed her and slunk into the trees to watch Gilly work. Are you sure that you'll be okay by yourself? Ilse called. There came a pause. Sure, I've been up here loads of times. I just hope you'll be okay by yourself. Woof, Ilse thought. The attitude runs in the family. Ilse found a brick reddish path that led higher up into the mountains, and she decided to walk up. It was growing darker, and the trees on the mountains blended nicely with the magnificent sunset. Ilse's boots began to acquire a familiar reddish tint to them. Then, she saw something that she had never laid eyes on. An enormous tree stood before her. The leaves were all the deepest and richest red color that Ilse could imagine. Although they appeared to be healthy leaves, they were... on fire. It looked like a huge fireball, like the sun. The leaves were all aglow, but the fire neither stopped nor spread to the other trees. It was just burning. Bright glowing lights also dotted all over the tree, and its branches gave off an intense heat. The tree reached to the skies and outdid all other trees in its shape and color. Ilse could feel its warm glow on her cheeks as she got as close as she could. The burning tree, Ilse murmured to herself. Is this what Berg and his family were talking about? She smiled and her heart pricked with hope that maybe Reshma or Tyke could be close by and looking for this tree. She tried not to be extremely hopeful, but the thought of seeing them after so many weeks reminded her of how much she missed them. She didn't dare touch the tree with her bare hands, but instead used her bow and arrow to knock some of the fruit down. Giselle's request was just a handful, so she shot down four or five. They plopped to the ground and held a faint glow like an ember, but otherwise didn't spread their heat or flame. Ilse ventured closer and saw that once plucked off the tree, they were just round yellow objects about the size of large olives, only a glow, of course. She began to murmur a difficult spell and dared touch the fruit with her bare hands. The lights in each object suddenly blew out like a candle and became a dull grayish color. Once she was done, she filled a small pouch with the gray balls. 
Hmm, a burning tree that never dies. She was standing on the foot of a burning tree, trying to contemplate what its purpose was. If it was a home to special creatures, had special powers, or if it was an ill omen. Did you get the seeds? Gilly asked from behind. Ilse whirled around in the low pitch of the girl's voice. Yes, I did, Ilse said. I'm no expert, but I think I have them. Good, we need to get out of here. Where's Crescent? Ilse asked. Still in the trees by the stone path. He won't come down. Ilse suddenly heard a branch snap and the low murmuring of voices. She involuntarily reached for her bow. Gilly appeared to have heard it as well. Ilse and Gilly made eye contact when they heard the sound of footfalls, and they ran into the large sea of rocks again and climbed over or swerved before collapsing into a suitable hiding place, each girl picking her own spot. The two crouched down together behind a set of larger slabs of stone, which seemed to create a wall around them. Ilse saw their dragon companion and motioned to Crescent to stay hidden in the trees, not like the creature needed warning or encouragement. Ilse had no clue who or what was coming, but the rhythmic stomping and clattering gave it all away. It had to be the Ilderims once more. Halt, men! One voice shouted. The area was still. I want your group to search this section, and I want you to take your group in that direction. Comb the area and report any suspicions, the voice shouted. Ilse heard the rhythmic shuffling of feet going in two other directions away from their hiding spots. She looked through a small space between two stones. She saw two men off to the side, while all others were scanning the area. There was a man in a thick black uniform and dark gray armor over his chest, arms, and legs. She assumed that he was the head honcho of this operation based on the ornate helmet he held at his hip. The other had a black hood covering the back of his head. She could hear his lower tone very close where she was hiding. We can't afford to mess this up, Rubens, the man in charge said sternly. Althard would be most displeased if we failed this diversion. I'm sure that she is here. Were you blind to the dragon flying in the open air? If this becomes another wild goose chase, Rubens, I won't pretend this expedition didn't happen. Don't pretend that Althard isn't irritated with you, the man said, scratching his chin and then the back of his neck. Besides, it seems odd for you to be stalking this girl. What makes it so special that we need to send a troop of men to sniff out this one? If Ilse didn't know better, the man's tone gave away a slight betrayal on Reuben's part. The man seemed content with Reuben's plight. I've done this type of work long enough to be certain of my abilities. Can you say the same for yourself, Commander? Reuben's countered icily. He obviously didn't like being talked down to. His comrade merely shifted his feet and sighed. I'm sure you're quite capable, General Rubens. Ilse's eyes flashed and she tried to stifle a gasp. Rubens was way high up in the ranks, practically bosom buddies with Althot himself. Ilse leaned against the rock silently. The day was growing darker. She dared not to make a sound. If she remained quiet, she would be safe. She looked over at Gilly. She was trying very hard to remain silent and motionless. The commanding voice kept ringing throughout the path. The voices and sounds would leave and then come back. They hadn't come very close to where Ilse hid quite yet. Commander, we haven't found any sign of the girl, a young man's voice said. The man in armor sighed. This isn't making my job any easier. Has word from Keynes reached us yet? He asked gruffly. Yes, sir. The villagers said that there is an herbal witch in the woodlands surrounding it. They say that she takes in folks from all over the place. 
the young Elderum said. Well, we'll have to pay this witch a visit, won't we? The commander said. Ilse saw the pain of realization in Gilly's face. She looked like she wanted to scream out loud, maybe even call down fire on them. But she held her peace. Sir, I've also received word that they found signs of the Ice Chanter traitor. They think that he's escaped to Carno, the Yildirim added. Now it was Ilse who turned ashen white. Take your men to see this old witch. As for me, I'm going to see that we attend to catching this boy, the commander said. Now gather everyone and we'll leave immediately. This search is getting more and more absurd. The sound of marching feet soon died away. Ilse bit her lip as she shook her head furiously. Those men didn't come anywhere near them. They were either dimwits and didn't know how to properly find two young girls, or they knew how close they were hiding and talked loud enough for them to hear. Is it a trap? Was all of that a show for us? She couldn't do anything. If she wanted to stay alive, she had to sit there and do absolutely nothing but keep silent. She took a fistful of grass and pulled it out of the ground in fury. After an agonizing hour or two, Ilse steadily slid down the summit with Gilly, making heavy strides as they were racing back to the cabin. Gilly, Ilse said, let's take the dragon and beat them to it. Ilse knew the girl was afraid of being seen in the air, but Ilse didn't care. They would reach the cottage faster and they would rain fire and ice down on anything that tried to shoot them down from the sky. Don't worry, everything will be all right, Ilse said, drawing the dragon near and helping Gilly scramble up on the dragon's back and scooting herself behind Gilly before taking off. They flew in silence and angst. Ilse surveyed the ground below, just waiting for someone to spot them. The day had grown so dark that she could barely see. If it weren't for Gilly's directions, it would have taken them much more time. Once Crescent landed on top of Giselle's garden, Ilse couldn't dismount fast enough. Gilly raced into the cottage and out of sight. There wasn't a sound. The night was calm. She gingerly brushed the ivy away and opened the door, putting a hand to her heart and commanding it to beat at normal pace. There was Gilly, curled up in Giselle's lap like a small child, as they rocked gently in a rocking chair.